At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is Negative M. I.P. With Masamela Matfumau. Mark Thompson. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been too long since we've had our good friend on the show. He continues to do the great work that he does vis-a-vis dcreport.org. Check out the site. Stay informed. Truly objective uh, reporting going on there. He's a Pulitzer Prize winner. He's the author of The Making of Donald Trump, which was truly a seminal work when Donald Trump came into power and was very informing, that book was, uh, to all of us about what really made this guy tick and where did he come from. He's also a consultant on Netflix's House of Cards. Here's his latest book, The Big Cheat, How Donald Trump Fleeced America and Enriched Himself and His Family. We all know that but it's significant when it is documented in the detail that David K. Johnston has documented it it in. David K. Johnston, welcome back to Make It Plain. How are you, buddy? I'm great, Mark. Thank you for having me on again. It's always a pleasure to to see you and to hear you. Um, You have been probably more than anybody else uh, chronicling and, and documenting the types of things Donald Trump has been doing. And now, we're talking about the the actual of, of fleecing of of America. Um, why, you know, some of the mainstream media um, or the Beltway media, I should say, uh, seemingly has moved on from this type of of investigation and research and reporting. Why do you think that is, and why why have you continued to do, it and why do you think it's important that we continue to document this? Well, Donald Trump, who I've known and covered for more than thirty three years. Uh, is, first of all, understand, a master, in fact, I would argue the world's greatest con artist. He conned himself all the way into the White House with no qualifications to do so. And the news organizations in America are not set up to cover con artists and crazy people. The, The assumptions of mainstream journalism, and I spent 40 years at papers like the Los Angeles Times and the New York Times, Uh, They do a very, very good job within the parameters of how they see news. But somebody like Donald comes along and and they don't know what to do. And and I'll give you an example of this. When Trump announced his campaign on June 16th, 2015, I immediately dropped everything I was doing. And since then, that's all I've done is Donald Trump. Started DC Report because of Donald Trump with former senior journalists at the Wall Street Journal and the LA Times and the New York Times. Because we knew that conventional mainstream media wouldn't know how to cover him. They wouldn't understand it. And when he announced and he made all those horrible racist comments, you know, Mexicans and being rapists and murderers, the New York Times report the next day didn't even quote that because they would go, oh, well, that's crazy stuff. I mean, that happened to me when I worked there. They would say, 
we're, we're not going to write about these far right people because they're just crazy fringe people. They're not significant. And I got, I finally did get a lot of stuff in, but in the beginning I had to fight for it. And, uh, the the my book starts out with what I call the original lie. Uh, Donald Trump makes this announcement in Trump Tower, and he goes, "There are thousands of people here." Mark, you've been to Trump Tower; you couldn't get thousands of people in there if you tried. And then every time he makes the most outrageously false, and in many cases just blatantly racist, misogynistic, uh, bigoted comments, he gets wild rounds of applause. I'm sorry, this is Midtown Manhattan. Where would he find people to do that? And I thought to myself, did he bust them in from West Virginia? Well, the very next day we find out that they were paid actors. They got 50 bucks each if they showed up and applauded on cue, creating this false impression of support. The New York Times never reported that until several years later and then in passing, I believe in a reference to me. Um, Lots of news organizations never reported the fact that he started his campaign with these paid actors. And from that point forward, what we've had is pretty good coverage when he was president of the palace intrigues. I, I think the political reporters did a good job on the politics, but not the substance and not what he did to our government, and especially not what the big cheat does, uh, which is give you a narrative where I've taken all these loose threads about this scandal and that financial scandal and this misuse of public funds and this, you know, submarining American national security to make money. And I've woven them into a tapestry so that people can understand this as a story. Because uh, people, you know, a, an article appears in the Washington Post or then one appears in the LA Times and one appears in the Wall Street Journal. Even if you're me focused on this, you can't follow it all and make sense of it. And when right. I wrote the book, that was one of the things I discovered, Mark, was, oh, boy, I didn't grasp the significance of that at the time, or I forgot about this, or I actually don't remember seeing something. So I picked the best stories and wove them together so people could understand, hey, this is how these people were systematically going about subverting our government for themselves. Because to Donald Trump, the presidency and him of course he should be president and anything he does is proper. And how dare you question what he does? He's the greatest person who's ever lived in his own yeah, mind. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what you've also done, and, and I think this is very important is kind of give us a, a, a one-stop shop, pun intended <laughs> in terms of all of his financial improprieties, because I think if, if, more people focused on that that would even that would be enlightening more mip after this message so let's just kind of walk down this road a bit um, um first of all the golf courses um and and what i mean well really the golf courses and the hotel all of these his time in government um enriched those institutions and and line his own pockets right. with money right i mean those jimmy carter gave up his peanut i mean that was a huge story and i was just a kid i was a teenager as a teenager i remember that uh david jimmy yeah. carter gave up his peanut farm i was like okay I mean, it, 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 it was a peanut warehouse that in the world of peanuts was insignificant it's a little small town single warehouse for the nearby farms and oh my god the scandal of this so he put it in a blind trust 
The guy running it ran it into the ground and they sold it a loss after he left the White House. But that's the right thing to do. George W. Bush, for all the terrible things I can tell you about his policies, he right. put his money into a real blind trust. Barack Obama, uh, who was a reasonably wealthy man when he entered the White House, uh, not as wealthy as George W. Bush, he put his money into treasuries. I mean, what? No, no conflict. Donald Trump. Oh, boy, how much money can I get out of these businesses? So, right. Mark, did you watch the uh, motorcade when Trump left the Capitol after he was inaugurated and went to the White House? So That's you right. notice first thing people noticed or should have noticed was very sparse crowds. In many places, there were more law enforcement and troops than there were supporters, unlike Barack Obama, where people were curbed to the wall, packed in like sardines. Right, right, right. The motorcade stops. And the family gets out for two minutes and takes a turn on the on the asphalt on, on Pennsylvania Avenue. Not one of the TV stations that I saw, the networks or PBS, pointed out that he stopped in front of Trump Washington Hotel. But you can bet your bottom dollar that every single lobbyist Envoy, spy, every sophisticated person who would want to seek favors from the Trump administration, they knew exactly where it stopped and they got the message, which is you want a favor from Donald Trump, you will demonstrate it by paying tribute to me. And the Saudi Arabians, they they rented at one point two whole floors at top dollar. When T-Mobile, the cell phone company, wanted to buy Sprint, which the Obama administration had denied. The head of T-Mobile, John Legary, and I tell about this in the book also, he made a show of renting a room there and suites and bringing other executives and having them stay there and spend a lot of money. At one point, the restaurant was taking in money at the rate of just the restaurant and bar, $25 million a year. Anybody in the restaurant business would be go, what? what? $25 million a year for a hotel, bar, and restaurant. And the, from day one, the effort here was to turn this into a, a business, turn the White House into a business. And our national security was for sale. And I document that in the book. We sold our national security to help Jared Kushner uh, get out of his terrible deal where he bought 666 Fifth Avenue in New York, just down the street from Trump Tower, at two to three times what it was actually worth. He tried to get the Qataris, the government in Qatar, to bail him out with a loan. And they said, no, now Qatar is st strategically critical to us. It's where the U.S. military central command has its big base for the Middle East. Mm -hmm. And when they said no, then they went to the United Arab Emirates and the Saudis, who are deeply opposed to the Qataris for many reasons, including the fact that the Qataris don't go around beheading people for praying for a better government. The Saudis do. And Donald Trump began attacking Qatar and accusing them of being terrorist financiers. Well, the Qataris do finance two terrorist organizations. The Saudis finance 60 of them and spend far more money. And why did they do this? Because guess what? Jared Kushner finally got the financial deals he needed, not from the Qataris, and Trump punished the Qataris. And this got very, very little attention in the news. And where it did, it was written for diplomats and generals. It right. was not written for right. you and me. Yeah, yeah. 
that's that's important to acknowledge. So just out of curiosity, what is um, what's the status of the hotel now? Uh, Donald Trump actually lost money on the hotel uh, during the uh, uh, four years of the presidency. He would have lost a lot more if he hadn't been president because there are a lot of people who needed to pay tribute, but there were an awful lot of people who just stayed away. They didn't want to be associated yeah. with that hotel in any way. And he's and, now and it, and, it was, and it was overpriced, wasn't it? I mean, yes, it was. It was. Like, it, was it was very yeah. expensive, uh, uh, even among the top hotels in D.C. It was very expensive. Yeah. And I used to be yeah. in the hotel business on the side. I, I was the founder of a tiny little hotel management company, but it's a business I understand very deeply. Um, okay. He he is now negotiated to sell this to an arm of the same company that owns the Hilton Hotel brand uh, to get out of it because once he's out of the White House. Nobody's going to go there to pay tribute to him anymore. You don't have to pay tribute to him anymore. And secondly, a lot of people are going to continue to stay away because of the Trump name. You know, the, the people Trump appeals to, they can't afford his hotels. You know, and the business leaders in this country, I think most of the business leaders in this country make it pretty clear that they want to be away from Donald Trump and stay away from him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, in terms of the the golf courses. Um, people would come there um, and spend money. But but isn't it also, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't it also true? Um, just his presence there at the golf courses with the Secret Service um, it was, was a way for the federal government to spend money at the golf courses yeah. that's still in... So even the services that the government provided him as president enriched him personally right. and privately, right? So when he would go to Mar-a-Lago, the rooms Secret Service agents would uh, rent were charged at the highest rack rate, which nobody ever pays except, you know, when Super Bowl is in town. When he would play golf, which he did every couple of days, remember he said, I'll never play golf if I'm president. I'll never go to my golf courses because there's so much to do here in the White House. He charged the highest rate he could justify for the use of the golf carts. And in fact, when Shinzo Abe, the prime minister of Japan, came to see him right after the, the inauguration, and Donald famously, after hearing Shinzo Abe complain about how much Lockheed was charging to sell them military aircraft, he picked up the phone, he called the chairman of Lockheed, he got him to agree to lower the price. I don't know whether that effort went through, but at least he that's what happened at the moment. Obviously acting against the interests of Lockheed American workers in favor of Japanese taxpayers. <clears throat> Donald had a photo op with Shinzo Abe, and his I have the invoice showing that he charged $3.15 for each of the glasses of water that were put on the table in case one of them wanted a sip of water. He did not miss anything, right down to $3.15 each for a glass of water for a photo prop. Wait, 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 David. You mean like the, the water we, we get when we're in the restaurant, they just keep yeah. filling the glass? Yeah. He charged for that. $3.15 for two glasses. So $6.30. I have the invoice. Oh, my God. That, that, and the point of that story is, I mean, the amount of money is insignificant, right? But the point of that story is there was not one opportunity to make money that his staff let go by. And you may recall uh, about 30 years ago, the old spy magazine did a thing where they sent refund checks, bogus refund checks to a bunch of billionaires. And then everybody who cashed them, they were like for a dollar eighty. 
everybody who cashed them, they sent them a new check for like half of that, 90 cents. And everybody who cashed those, they created a new business and they sent them a check till they got down to 13 cents. And the only two people who cashed the checks were Donald Trump and the arms merchant, Adnan Khashoggi. And it, it shows, you know, Donald, I mean, it cost him more than 13 cents to collect the 13 cents in terms of his staff time. But every opportunity to make money off the presidency Trump did, and it's really important people understand, this is, however cynical you may be, former presidents didn't behave this way. There's been relatively petty, you know, some there's some petty dealings here and there, but they're really petty nonsense. This was wholesale monetizing of the White House. Yeah, yeah. More MIP after this message. Talk to us, if you would, about I Ivanka. Again, this is something that was mentioned. But it, it didn't get a lot of your reporting. Also didn't get a lot of attention. Uh, Ivanka uh, and her relationship with China and patents. Yeah. The Ivanka Trump. It's very difficult to get a patent or a trademark or a service mark that is intellectual property from the Chinese government if you're not Chinese. And it is very costly. It takes a long time. You're going to pay a lot of money to Chinese lawyers. And at the end of the day, you may not get anything. She, in record time, like the snap of a finger, she got a slew of trademarks and service marks, including, by the way, for voting machines. And there's no indication she's in the voting business, but why did she get uh, intellectual property protection in China for voting machines, by the way, a country that's a dictatorship. So voting is not an issue in China. But um, she got all these approvals and, and President Xi, the dictator in China, was very smart about this. He's, he's a very, very smart strategic thinker. He did these just before he met with Donald at Mar-a-Lago. There was no question what was going on here. This was currying favor with Donald Trump by doing something for his daughter. And you may also recall that she had a dress line and you'd go into department stores and there were these Ivanka Trump dresses. And, and I am told by the women in my family, uh, you know, five daughters and, and my wonderful wife, that they had pretty good dresses and they were quite reasonably priced. They didn't sell. So they were taken back. The labels were cut out. They put in new made up labels and then the dresses sold. Uh, she wasn't particularly good at her grifts, but, you know, her incompetence in business is not the point. It's the president of China knew how, how to play Donald Trump like a cheap fiddle, and he did. Yeah, yeah. Um, the payday lending industry, too. Tell us about that relationship. So... The payday lenders in America are funded by the big Wall Street banks. That's the first important thing to know. This isn't a bunch of scummy people you never heard of. This is Wall Street big banks, J.P. Morgan, uh, places like that, Citicorp, that fund the payday lenders and the car title lenders. And the Obama administration had been working on reining them in. Elizabeth Warren's big accomplishment, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which got back for consumers about four or five dollars for every dollar it cost to operate, showing it was an enormously successful. That was one of the principal things attacked immediately by the Trump administration. They want the payday lenders to do whatever they want. Remember, Donald Trump ran for office saying he was going to run against Wall Street. He was going to control Wall Street. 
So how do the payday lenders show their appreciation? Well, they paid tribute to Donald Trump by moving their annual convention to the Doral Country Club and Golf Resort in Miami, which Donald owns. And there were a group of ministers uh, who uh, demonstrated outside, outside the gate about this. Uh, but the, the, the payday lenders, the major polluters, uh, particularly coal-burning uh, electric generating plants, um, and others who are doing harm to the country. These were the people Trump was out helping. He wasn't out helping, you know, businesses that get caught in some regulatory um, uh, situation where they're, they're being treated unfairly. He was out helping people who are badly motivated. Um, and, and the payday lenders are right at the top of this list. I mean, these are, are people engaged in really despicable practices that were, by the way, criminal 40 years ago before the courts, not the legislature, the courts changed the law um, in decisions I've written about in other books. But he totally embraced these people. And why? Well, because he doesn't know anything and he's fundamentally in league with those who are rich against everybody who isn't. Yeah, yeah. And then the money, you know, he raised millions of dollars. You write about this too, I know. He raised millions of dollars for Stop the Steal. But even that was stealing. Wasn't hundreds it? of millions, wasn't. hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. Mark, Donald Trump is America's beggar in chief. His business today is panhandling. He just does it in a digital, sophisticated sort of way. But he's no different than the person stopping you outside the, the grocery store asking for a buck. And in his case, it's about a half a billion dollars he's raised. He spent, he said this was to stop the steal when there was, of course, no steal. He only spent $9 million of it on lawyers' fees. And under federal law, he can spend the rest of it on himself. And you know, he, he's going to be indicted soon in Manhattan and pro probably a couple of other places, but pretty sure, I'm certain in Manhattan. Criminal defense lawyers, knowing that Donald has a long history of not paying his lawyers. Remember, he famously said, I'm not going to pay Rudy Giuliani because he didn't like the outcome. Uh, they're going to demand full payment up front. And I would expect to represent Donald Trump in his criminal defense in New York, $30, $50 million up front, that kind of money, really serious money. Because <clears throat> once you, you step in for him, you're stuck with him. Judge isn't going to let you walk away. If you say, oh, he didn't pay me. Well, tough luck. You signed on. You worry about collecting later. So he's going to need a lot of money for that. And I don't, I, I understand people who hate America as it is. They want his theme, make America white again. They want women and racial minorities to know their place. They want uh, religion, religious uh, people whose religion they don't like out of the country. I, I get that. I, I, I'm appalled by it, but I get it. What I don't get are people who know, I've interviewed them, who know that this is a grift, and yet they keep sending him money. And it, it tells you how, how you know, we made a lot less progress, and I'm sorry about the sound outside. Um, That's okay. Okay. Um, That's okay. We've made a lot less progress in civil rights than I think any of us imagined. All Donald Trump had to do was give permission to people to let their inner racist and inner bigot out. And those people really deeply support Donald Trump. 
Um, yeah, yeah. It, and it's appalling. I mean, it's appalling on on many levels. And and yet we're going to have to contend with this for a long time, as he continues raising money from people who believe he's coming back to be president in 2025. I don't so, believe, by right. the way, he will ever be president again. Well, I pray not, and I hope your book helps to prevent it. But uh, so at the moment, he's what is he specifically? He's raising money now for his reelection campaign. Oh, he's raising for a bunch of things. I get I get several emails a day from Donald Trump and text messages to send money for this. And, And I love the ones that say things like from Don Jr. My father asked me about you last night because you're the only person who didn't respond to our request earlier today to send money for why. Well, you know, if you're a moron, you're going to believe Donald Trump cared about Mark Thompson didn't send money. Uh, it's just a marketing ploy. And they, they, I mean, they're very, they're very good at their fundraising in this regard. You got to respect that he's hired people who know how to squeeze money out of, out of folks. Um, uh, but that money is going to end up primarily for Donald's lifestyle and for uh, lawyers. By the way, interesting thing about Donald Trump, who claims to be a multi-billionaire. I, I revealed in 1990 he had a negative net worth um, uh, story that drove him crazy. Um, uh, he has that 757 Boeing jet. It's a 35-year-old airplane, but, you know, it's a 757. It's a jumbo jet. And it's sitting at the airport in Westchester, New York. It's been there for almost five years because it has a blown engine. Now, a real billionaire would go borrow an engine from somebody, have it put on the plane, he'd fly it down to the place in Louisiana that does the engine work on Boeing 757s and give the engine back and then have a new engine put on. And you're looking at more than a million dollars probably to do that. He hasn't done it. Nobody in their right mind parks an expensive jet in the weather of New York. You know, that's why we have these big places out in the desert in California and Arizona where the jets are, because you don't park them in a damp environment. You can ruin the airplane. I suspect the airplane isn't airworthy anymore. Uh, wow. But that Donald Trump wow. didn't get it fixed tells you he didn't have a spare million dollars around, which is kind of unusual Hello. for a guy who claims to be worth $10 billion. That, 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 that's, that's, that's a profound revelation uh, indeed, in David K. Johnson. It, it, lastly, is there, have you been able to put in terms of at least what he did in the four years in office, a, a, a round, a whole dollar figure on how much he fleeced, how much he and his family were enriched? Well, um, Donald reported that his businesses, he had to re- make an annual report. Um, required by law, that he asked if he could make without signing it under penalty of perjury. And he was told, no, you got to sign this under penalty of perjury like everybody else. Uh, And it shows more than $1.6 billion of revenue, of which a couple hundred million would have come from taxpayers because of the Secret Service and other things using his facilities. Uh, Jared and Ivanka, uh, their reports... um, they're done in ranges. They're not specific numbers. Uh, the low number would be 172 million. The high is 640. I suspect that it's uh, more towards the higher number. Uh, so in both cases, the two families took in more than a million dollars a day in gross revenue. Now that's not personal income. In Trump's case, that's business revenue, uh, and he has expenses running the businesses. 
Uh, and then you look at the financial deal that allowed Jared Kushner to keep his family from collapse, uh, that Middle East money we talked about early on. Right. Uh, that's right. You're looking at a billion dollar swing there. And Jared Kushner right now is building a uh, investment fund that he would run, which he's seeking billions of dollars from the Saudis and the Emiratis and, and others in the Middle East. And then we remember, and there's a whole chapter about this, Trump raised $107 million for his inaugural. The previous record was Obama's at $53 million, and they didn't even need to spend all of that. There's no way he spent that kind of money. And I have a chapter not only about what happened to that money, who got it, but also about how they tried to lure Melania Trump's best friend into criminal activity. And she, at first, she didn't even understand the request. And then it was like, I'm not doing that. What is wrong with you? But th th there's a lot of money we haven't seen yet, I assure you, that was put into the Trump organization from Russians, people in the Middle East, uh, Kazakhs, uh, and others. We just haven't seen the record of. And that's why we really need Congress to to thoroughly investigate uh, not just January 6th, but the, every dollar that flowed into any account connected to Donald Trump. It suggests to me, David, obviously it's documented, he's a failure at everything except fleece and grift. Yeah. It suggests to me that even if he doesn't run or doesn't win, he could continue to, to hustle people this way for the rest of his days, couldn't he? Oh, People that's still what, want to give him money. Right. That's what I expect him to do. I mean, the golf course business, with a very few exceptions, like Band and Dunes, Oregon, which I've written about extensively, it's not a it's a money losing business. It's not a very profitable business. Um, uh, the other enterprises he has, we know that many of them are badly managed and they're not doing well. And he has big debts coming up. Maybe he'll be able to refinance them. But. Donald Trump is not a businessman. Let me be very clear. He is the third generation head of a four generation crime family. They're a white collar crime family. So they don't break legs, but they steal with an ink pen and with contracts and with false promises. And his grandfather, who was a draft dodger from Germany and a pimp um, uh, and who lied to get his American citizenship, he lied to get his American citizenship uh, his father, who ripped off the taxpayers, as he, he acknowledged, he didn't acknowledge it was a ripoff, but Congress said it was, for about $40 million in today's money in building low-cost housing for returning World War II veterans. Eisenhower, when he found out what Fred Trump, Donald's father, had done, threw a fit in the White House, and a hundred auditors were put on him, but at the end of the day, he got to keep the money, which is typical of how these things go, by the way. And, and right. Donald... You know, runs a crime family, and the Kushner uh, wing of that, and his other two sons—they're the next uh, level of that. The, the, and we have lots of crime families in America that are not mafia; they're business, they're quote unquote right. business people, but they're really racketeering enterprises. Mm. Folks, uh, read all about it. The Big Cheat, the latest book by our friend David K. Johnson. The Big Cheat: How Donald Trump fleeced America and enriched himself and his family. Great investigative reporting here. Also follow him every day at dcreport.org. And he's on Twitter and all the other social media as well. Uh, hey man, uh, appreciate you. Thank you for keeping the public informed, all of us informed about this. And this is important folks, because as, as, as we said, this, this dude is running a hustle. 
It's not about people think this is about some other cultural thing. He is even in the culture piece. People who are fed into that, sending in their little nickels and dimes, are enriching him and not themselves. He is ripping everyone off. Mark, one of the things I'll assure your readers is you may think you know what happened with him and the money because you paid close attention. This is my entire life. Researching the book, I learned things I either didn't appreciate or understand or know about. You will learn through a narrative that anybody who went to high school can understand about the financial shenanigans by Trump and his cronies, and they should deeply trouble you. Don't be cynical. Oh, yeah, well, he's out of office because... There are other people waiting in the wings who want to be our dictator. They're in, some of them are in yeah. the United States Senate, and they will do the same thing if we don't understand what they did, how they did it, and as I show at the end of the book, how to prevent this, which isn't that difficult if we have the political will. Yeah, folks, please. The big cheat, how Donald Trump fleeced America and enriched himself and his family. Thank you, David K. Johnson, as always, buddy. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been Made Plain. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.